Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold, and I want to thank the guys for assembling for Guide Talk. It was a wonderful hour, and I know there's still many prayer requests that are coming in, and I want you to know we'll be praying for you tonight. I'm looking forward to that. This hour, I've got Dr. Marcus Bachman in studio, and we're going to talk about a very interesting topic he brought up, and I think I'm glad he brought it up because... (laughs) Because I'm not sure how, how else to talk about this. Marcus is the uh, president and founder of Counseling Care. You can go to counselingcare.us. And we're talking about today how so many Christians can also be dysfunctional. Go figure. <laughs> I think we've all experienced it, so I think we should just bring it out on the table and talk about it. It affects people in many ways. We have experienced it typically in a church or a leadership position, and we wonder, how is that possible that someone can lead and preach and teach, and yet we find out in their private life, or if we encounter them in their private life, they have a whole nother world that's going on, and it isn't so nice. Yeah. Marcus, maybe just as we get things started, we can talk about what dysfunctional means. How would you define that or put some meat on that bone? You know, I'm going to do a very simple approach that people will understand quite clearly from a Christian perspective. It's simply sin. It's people who have uh, distanced themselves from God, are not following the path of God in some area of their life. It's usually an impairment that uh, uh, hurts, destroys families, relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, Often you'll Mm -hmm. see that it is uh, a distress in their life. It does uh, cause suffering in that person's life. They don't always see it. Uh, but it because there can be a significant amount of denial over having the dysfunction because you see in their mind they really think um, they're on the right track and that's what makes this kind of a crazy cycle. Mm-hmm. How do you broach this topic? Come into your counseling office and you you point your thumb at the person and say, "Pretty sure this there's some dysfunction going on there." <laughs> How does that work? Who wants well, to be you called know, dysfunctional? You know, Bill, pointing the finger. In my office, raising my finger toward them yeah. is usually not a good step. Okay, uh, I, I, I like actually. I like your you. You are very, um, you're very thoughtful, Bill. You're sensitive to how you will say something of concern, and that's typically a good counseling approach. You okay. want to, you know, as 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 uh, my wife says, I know how to put um, the foot on the accelerator, and I know how to put the brake. And went to let it go because people need to receive the good word of encouragement always, affirmations, a sense that I I connect and I belong in their life and so that I can be trusted. And then at the right time, gently but truthfully tell them um, there's something going on in your life. The way that you speak to your spouse, the way that you overspend, the way that you have such an over, um, 
uh, value on uh, how you look, whatever the case may be, let's talk. Can we talk about that? Can I can I share with you? And uh, do I have permission to do that? Often is an invitation that most will say, sure, let's talk. And if you talk about it in a way that is not condemning and is not overbearing, uh, but does have a gentle yet truthful approach, usually you have a better outcome. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about dysfunction and sin, maybe we can talk about patterns of sin that, yes. that have not gone away. And we have tried maybe to do something about it, but they continue to cycle. Yes. And in your uh, with the guy talk when they talked about generational sins. Yes. I think that sometimes you don't have to look too far. Take a look at when you marry someone. Take a good inventory of the parents, of uh, how the father and how the mother treat each other and how they <laughs> look toward uh, how they take good care of each other's parents. How, how was that done? And uh, asking lots of questions and observing. Uh, you really want to find out um, how is it, not only after they go to church, but what are they like Monday through Friday? Mm-hmm. So when you've got people listening, thinking, uh-oh, if sin creates dysfunction, that would be me. And then how is my dysfunction creating more issues in my relationships? Ah, well... The, there's 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 usually patterns, and one of the most um, probably um, more popular patterns would be the pattern of selfishness. Mm-hmm. I I think about myself. I you know, and and again, these can be very successful people. Uh, they can have. Uh, strong programs in the church. They can have a lot of people that will be coming to the church because there's something exciting. There's something, but it can all be done uh, for not always the right reasons. In the private life they have, they've given everything else away. They have been spent. And by the time I, 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 I'm sorry to say this, but I have had so many PK uh, kids, I've had so many missionary kids that have said, "Where were my parents in all of this? Oh. Why, why, why was I the one that had to have uh, pay the price? Uh, where, where were my parents? Where I needed to have a focus and an attention of some things that, and they're not necessarily playing the victim card. They're really speaking about deep hurt." of neglect and not being able to have some very uh, basic emotional needs met. I've, I've met too many like that, Bill, mm-hmm. and, and my heart goes out. Now, listen, we have bundles and loads of pastors and pastors' wives that have taken care of uh, children in the right way. So I want to make sure we're not—this is not here for, uh, you know— putting a blanket sl- statement over over uh, leaders and pastors. I'm talking about those that, that have missed the mark. Uh, I think uh, uh, John Piper's son wrote a book, and, and, and John Piper wrote, I think, the, the intro to it um, about the hurts that he, his son had in uh, growing up in a Christian home. And again, John Piper's a great man, but he also uh, recognized that he had uh, flare-ups with anger and high, often 
pastors will have a high standard. And, you know, let's face it, they're in the fishbowl anyway. Totally. So, <laughs> it's, it's a tough thing. And uh, 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 his son complimented his father in many ways and really emphasized what balances out was the mother. She protected. She gave the attention. And I think that's often the case where one will, one will um, uh, just give what is so often missing. But I don't want to. I don't want to neglect the fact that you know if there is some significant areas that are missing, that truly is a dysfunctional approach toward parenting. Uh, whether you're a pastor or a leader, I think that we have to take a good look. There's going to be many people in the audience that uh, are probably nodding their heads. That was me. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't receive what I needed. It was. It was. It was missing, and. Um, I think there are scars. Uh, so often in the counseling office, we have to take a look at uh, what was the message given to you through childhood? Was it a, a functional? Was it a affirming, positive? Was it a Christ-honoring message of your value and your worth? And if it wasn't, then it can cause problems into adulthood, into identity making, uh, into the areas that uh, we'll have trouble with our own children. Mm-hmm. So what what does the inner voice of Marcus Bachman say when a person says, well, you know, I grew up in a dysfunctional family? <laughs> what are you thinking? Are you thinking, well, yeah, so did everybody? Uh, the truth is, there, yes, <clears throat> there is dysfunction in Really, give me a family that does not have dysfunction. Right. I, I, I think we have to be very careful of it's overstated, it's overdone. I'm talking about the dysfunction that is, you know, pretty intense and, and significant in foundation and the message that, uh, because of course, you know, what, what, what mom and dad haven't made their mistakes. I've apologized numerous times to my kids, which, by the way, is a very uh, helpful approach. Children are resilient, but they are particularly resilient when they see a parent that humbles himself and that will say, uh, I, d- I made a mistake. I, I, I disciplined you too strongly. I missed the mark here. And then the beautiful uh, approach of saying, and and will you forgive me mm. for that mistake? You talk about healing and a sense of belonging, and uh, the dysfunction in those situations are no longer the theme. Mm-hmm. The theme is we're a healthier family that we belong to each other. Yeah, and if you're a dad who's 85 and your daughter's 65, it's not too late, right? Oh, I love the 85-year-olds that say, I'll take that step, Marcus. I, I, I actually... Uh, give a strong encouragement. It's never too late. Never too late. Uh, I love the fact uh, our our church does a father-daughter dance. I've been a part of uh, putting that together for years with some other men. And uh, we have the three-year-olds that come, but really the beauty of seeing a 60-year-old daughter come with her 80-year-old oh, dad God. is is one of the coolest <laughs> things. Choking up here. That is such <laughs> it, a it is precious. Beautiful it's precious. image. It's a great assignment to give someone uh, because you know what? Um, there's a lot of regret in the nursing home. There's a lot of people that recognize, you know, I could have, I should have. Mm-hmm. Nothing new with that. But, you know, 
again, Satan would love to have us focus on that. And I think the beauty of someone who says, I am no longer that person and that message. And so I am going to take the steps that I need to, to make amends. That is a powerful healing thing that can happen. What if you have 60 years of no practice? Ah, it's, they, they stumble. They have I a bet hard they time. Do. They, they, you know what? But I think that grace is sufficient there. I think that a, a son or daughter recognizes um, and, and even if there are uh, moments of silence uh, before the next words are spoken from that parent, mm-hmm. I think there is uh, typically an understanding that he's trying. We, know, we understand someone from the heart who is sincere and authentic. Mm-hmm. And I think that often, but you know, I, I don't want to minimize, there can be walls built up, there can be such... Uh, hurt and resentment. Uh, I was talking to someone today about um, making sure that the root of bitterness has not settled in uh, because then it becomes our sin and we're not able to listen even when a person is willing to uh, take the steps of asking for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. My guest is Dr. Marcus Bachman. You go to counselingcare.us, counselingcare.us. Today's an interesting discussion because as a Christian, we can also be dysfunctional, and probably many of us are, because sin creates dysfunction. And boy, we're all got something that we're suffering with, and being able to recognize it, admit it, deal with it, it's a good thing to do. We'll continue our discussion with Marcus in just a minute. Marcus Bachman is my guest. That's two names. Marcus is one name, and Bachman is another name. Are you going to ask me what... Uh, no! Wait, wait, aren't you going <laughs> to ask me about that sauce question? The yeah, barbecue the barbecue sauce? sauce. What's your favorite? Do you like zingy or do you like sweet? I like anything that's on sale. Okay. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a non-answer, No, Bill. it's not. It's, uh, it's probably... <laughs> it's you're open, you're open economical. to anything. You're open to anything, aren't you? <laughs> well, that's probably true. Yeah. So some days it'll be what's on sale is sweet, and some days it'll be zingy. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And you have one you have one happy summer, don't you? <laughs> I have a great summer. You grill most, most nights in the summer? Uh, yes, and yeah. I have uh, one of those... Um, uh, smokers. Oh, nice. One yeah. of those green yeah, egg I things? just started that. No, it's uh, it's a Traeger. Mm, I don't even know what that is. Oh, I okay. ask. Oh, do, you grill, do you grill vegetables as well? Uh, no, that's just, healthy. No, yeah. no. I'm, 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 a, <laughs> I'm a dairy beef farmer, so you yeah. know, I'm really into the meat part. Yeah. Do you still drink a lot of milk? Do you drink milk? Oh, yeah. You like I milk? Just, you know, I just bought milk. It's in a glass. I love bottled I know. milk. That's the What a difference times. versus yeah. a carton. Yeah. It really did makes a difference. I like that. We're yeah. talking about dysfunction. We're talking about dysfunctional. <laughs> it's probably a, it's probably an okay topic we're on right now. <laughs> Buying barbecue sauce on sale, but you are saving the family money. So yes, way I to go. You know, you know, Bill. I'd be interested. I know that the audience has had experiences with uh, being hurt, 
And um, I know that you have received numerous prayer requests from the First Guys Talk show today. Lots and lots. But the truth is, um, someone who's been involved with the uh, respecting of an elder or the respecting of a church leader and then found out that the hiding of their sin or their sin toward that person, uh, whether it was uh, unfair... um, you know, a money exchange or whatever it was. I think there can be some very deep hurt from all of that, that um, you, you, you understand why uh, the uh, secular family or the secular person might work in that uh, approach. But to have someone who you trust as a church leader, who you've given a, a great deal of respect to, and then find out that they did this. That does a lot of damage. I'd be very curious as to how your audience has responded, how they have healed, how they have um, reacted in a in a healthy manner uh, versus the typical dysfunctional manner, which says, I'm hurt, I'm a victim, and or without even always knowing, having the awareness, they're going to hurt somebody else. Uh, that's where it goes from generation to generation to generation. We have to be aware of what message we received and what we did with it. And in the case of someone who is in authority, um, I'd be very curious um, if someone would be brave enough to say, this is how I responded. This is what helped me heal and get over and how I reacted to somebody. Mm. When you uh, see people in patterns of, we'll call it sin or dysfunction, yeah. and they're wanting to be entering a relationship with this person, and you can see a five-alarm fire going off in your head, how do you address those situations? If I'm dealing with them in relationship counseling, I think one of my successes is to warn them. And uh, um, often I will say, you're not ready to get married. You're not ready to have this relationship mature in this way. Uh, this area of your life needs to be worked on, and it usually takes time. It's not a six-week deal. It doesn't have to always be in a professional counseling setting. It needs to be, I think, often in a um, accountability group, in a small group. And uh, they, there are those that have had... Um, impairment like that uh, and had it for so many years, it's become a part of their identity. They enter a relationship because they desire, of course, the normal desires for what a relationship can give. You give an, you have another person who leans in toward helping people who have a gift of mercy. Oh, it's just a recipe for disaster. You're, you're going to see, uh, you know, that need for uh, helping people, uh, well, here, here, here that person is. And what happens is often it works f- well for a season. And then if they decide to stay together for a longer period of time, it's disastrous. Mm-hmm. So I've got a, a, a story of a listener that was in a very challenging uh, marriage because of alcoholism. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's in complete denial. Yes, I don't have a problem. And then there's all kinds of scripture quoting that's going on, which uh, sounds like it's not 
in his heart. There's not a beautiful, life-affirming, love-serving application of this love or these words. They're just coming out of his head. Mm-hmm. And she feels very abused by it. Yeah, I think we have the necessity to uh, guard ourselves, to protect ourselves, and to understand, uh, you know, if this person is coming from a power, a uh, controlling approach, uh, we we really need to understand uh, the motives there and, and how the message that it's giving to us. So we need to be very aware and, uh, you know, we, we don't have to, uh, we can't control the other person. We can't change the other person. We can't even convict the other person. That's God's business. And ours is to decide, um, what is our right relationship with that person? Um, I can't say that for every situation, for every person. I just know that we need to guard ourselves uh, in a way that we don't go uh, into the path that would lead us into uh, our own darkness uh, because of that person having um, having uh, a damage approach toward us. Mm-hmm. You may be uh, living with someone who is, in your opinion, dysfunctional. And they may be saying that about you. So there you go. It might be a very a big challenge in your life. But if you have a question about this, because Dr. Marcus Bachman and I are talking about you can be a Christian and still be dysfunctional. And we're talking about that as a product of sin. There can be a lot of selfishness, selfishness attached to that. But maybe there's a question you have about uh, living with someone who you believe is really dysfunctional, doing very dysfunctional things. And you're trying to figure out how to move in a more positive direction, how to maintain your uh, your sanity, or to maybe how to get to a place where you can get some resolve um, with this dysfunction. Because dysfunction isn't permanent, is it, Marcus? No, that's the good news. That's the good news. I I, I love this part of our our story here because we don't have to stay this way. Mm-hmm. God sheds light. He gives us an understanding of uh, a different approach and a different life that we can have. And God is a God of hope. The scriptures are filled with promise and the opportunity for us to become new creatures. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is no one that is beyond hope. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's the gospel story. And that's the excitement of uh, as believers that we can share. Yeah. So if you have a question for Dr. Marcus Bachman, now is a perfect time to send it over to me via text. And of course, you can remain anonymous. I would not bring up your name, of course, but 877-933-2484. I said that pretty fast, didn't I? Let me say it slower. (laughs) 877-933-2484. Or if this is easier to remember, it's bill at myfaithradio.com. I'll be right back.
Welcome back to the show. If you just climbed in your car or in your tractor or on your motorcycle. Marcus, you're a farmer. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, we're talking John Deere now. Uh, of course we're talking John Deere. Okay, okay. Yes. Now we're okay. We're okay now. Yes, I've got people that are in the farming community that listen to my show. <laughs> and they might be climbing into their very nice... Ford International, but John Deere. Okay. Tractor. Nothing runs like a deer. All right. That... <laughs> <laughs> that was like a that was like an endorsement. Yes, it was. It yeah. was. I don't think you can do that on the show, Marcus. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. All right, sorry. JC said, "Love Marcus's laugh." Can you please ask him if he thinks there is more dysfunction in families nowadays, or was it all just hidden before? <laughs> uh, you know, if I if I don't sound too old fashioned, I think that work is a really good thing, uh, and uh, I think that. Uh, so often we we found that uh you know we didn't have time for um and there certainly wasn't social media which is the addictive type uh that we find today uh that can take away so much of the uh, uh beauty and the sacredness of um doing life and enjoying the outdoors i mean you just read the statistics of people not um going outside they're stuck inside, and it wasn't just COVID, although COVID has added to that. It is really the sense of, um, you know, people are 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 focused on um, not even getting on the phone. They're they're texting each other, or they're putting on their 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 Facebook, uh, uh, and it is it is a sad story. I think today uh, we have found. Um, ADD has, for instance, uh, and and that that is a um, that's a whole other subject. I don't want to get into the the really the dysfunction of that. But you know, like every other impairment, we have um, diagnosed and we have uh, made tools available for assessments in our schools and in our communities, so that we can readily uh, call some things that are not, uh, that are impairing us. Uh, but I would say that there is a society today that is unfortunately distanced from each other, um, not uh, community-driven uh, as it was before. I know we've moved from, yes, the farming community to the city, and that has certainly, um, um, you know, made a difference. But I, But I think that there is more of a understanding that uh, the dysfunction is aware. We'll call it for what it is. And, and, and thank, thank the Lord that when it comes to, you know, you know, people, you know, in, in many times thought that, you know, slapping someone across the face was okay. Uh, actually, you know, beating somebody up was, 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 was an alternative. And I'm glad that today we've come to the point of saying, you know what? You don't have a right to do that. That's illegal to do that. That's unfair to do that. That's disrespectful to do that. That's a dysfunctional approach toward parenting. I'm not talking about spanking. I'm talking about the abusive side. And I think that in many, many ways, that was overlooked for years. And uh, the way that uh, men treated women, we are understanding today that it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or a child. You in God's 
perspective deserve respect and honor. Mm. I probably got off on a little bit of a tangent there, Bill, but it's okay. Dysfunction. I, I followed behind you and, and, and just watched and, and, and observed. All right, here's another question. Uh, I'd like to ask Dr. Bachman about relationships with parents who have dysfunction. I'm a young adult and happen to be living with them for a time right now. They're believers, but I do believe there are strongholds of anger. I want to respect and honor them, but also have boundaries. How would you recommend building a relationship when they are angry? Well, when someone's angry, it's hard to build a relationship. I I don't mean mean to sound uh, negative about this, but I think you have to be very, very careful. Um, There are reasons why the uh, parents are angry. Obviously, you talk to them if you can. You you know he this person knows his parents. Are are there are there times are there ways that he can approach them that they are actually going to listen and we can have a conversation? Really, if you can have a conversation. Why, why would you attempt uh, to get yourself into um, probably a battle zone of anger flaring up again? Uh, it's not, it's not um, inappropriate to try, but to keep trying over and over, I think that's where you need some assistance, um, whether you go to counseling on that one or whether you bring another brother or sister in. Can we talk about this together? Um, sometimes just having another perspective. It might be a friend. It might be someone who um, has the ability to have a gift of peacemaking. Uh, but I I have to admonish this uh, listener to say, I want a better relationship with my parents. I'm living right now. Can we build on a better relationships? And that's a great introduction paragraph, those type of words to say to one's parents. Can we build a better relationship? I want a better relationship with you. I have difficulty when anger seems to be our theme. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about that, Mom and Dad? There's, wow. There, there, there are ways that you can have this as a introduction that you can, you can test. Are they willing to have this kind of conversation? And let's face it, if they're not, why would you enter that? Mm-hmm. Marcus, how do we deal with someone who seems to have a lot of undiscovered sin but doesn't seem very willing to discover it? <laughs> We're talking the awareness issue, aren't yes, we? Yes, we are. Uh, well, you know, I, I think it has to be, uh, I think we have to be uh, mindful of how does that person, you know, you have to study the person. You have to really kind of look at how do they receive any information that they're willing to um, uh, mull over? Um, is it something that they are, are better with uh, reading? Uh, is it something that it would be good to have them listen with a, um, uh, a teaching tape or even uh, someone else that we can listen and go to a conference and then have a conversation? Uh, awareness it has to come in the avenue that that person has more of a open door toward. If all doors are shut, then obviously um, this is going to be a, a task that will feel impossible. But I would just say let's look at some different avenues that that person may be more open. Um, you have to study that person. You have to recognize um, the right time. You know, it's like 
Uh, does anybody want to have a successful conversation at 11 p.m.? I'd say probably not. Mm-hmm. Uh, does anyone want to have uh, uh, a good conversation when you're really hungry and you're let's how about if we do this over a meal which is often you know uh, a positive congenial time or uh, let's let's do it over uh when when there's not the distractions around us uh, there are many things that uh will be uh, uh of an assistance in having the conversation as we study the person and then the way that they can hear it mm-hmm so find, finding and creating a safe arena where you can have a discussion is a pretty critical step to be included in the whole process. Yes, it is. You're right, Bill. Yeah, uh, because if you say something off the cuff as someone's going out the door, I needed to mention, and you're going to find out that that's not going to go well. How do you think about, what do you think about writing a letter? Uh, you know, that, that can be, um, again, depending on the person, uh, sometimes... Uh, and, and, and let's bring in the new world of texting each other. Um, boy, I've, I I found a lot of people though to find that uh, that can be problematic mm-hmm. because you can't read very well the text and the context and you know the emojis and all that. Everyone has a different perspective of what that means. But um, there is something about I'm writing you a handwritten letter. I'm 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 sandwiching it in in a way that says I love you, I care about you, I want our relationship to improve, and um, that's my goal with you. I I I I want to affirm what I see in you that I I think of as being so precious and why you're so important to me. Mm-hmm. Boy, when you start in a uh, you know in a letter that way. Um, and and it's certainly not guaranteed, but there is something that I, I I I and there is something I want to talk to you about, and it's the fact that um, uh, you know our finances. Um, I want us to be successful. I want us to honor God in our finances, and I I want us to consider going to someone as a as a third person, just to talk about. Um, how we're spending our money. Mm. I want to be I want to be submissive to God in how I spend my money. I think you're a wise person uh in many ways, uh but I do think that we need to talk together about what is God's way about how we're spending our money. I love you. I care about you. Mm-hmm. I want us to be a team together including our finances. Can we talk about this? We're not having finances issues cuz you're buying barbecue sauce on sale. <laughs> You figured me out, Bill. <laughs> oh, you're such an easy figure. <laughs> oh, so many interesting questions coming in. And when when you deal with somebody who has a dysfunction, Marcus, and they have their their mistake or their mix up or they 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 end up making you mad, then what? Because like, oh, here we go again. Well, first of all, I you know we're responsible for our reaction, and if we're if I'm catching what you just said, if I'm getting angry, then that's a heart issue that I need to understand. Why am I getting angry? Why is that person triggering me? 
Do I feel uh, not secure? Do I not know who I am? Uh, do I not believe what I am about as, as being uh, true and right before God? Uh, or is this person just, do I, do I not have the patience that I need? Mm-hmm. Or do I need to set up a boundary? Why am I reacting? Why does that person, why have I given that person that power, that control? Of course, the question still is, you know, why is that person <laughs> uh, causing me this pain and why are they treating me this way? And that is worthy of a conversation, but that's a respectful conversation. Mm-hmm. And typically, you have two people that become in just a flare-up in a few seconds, hotheads. Well, what have we accomplished at that point? The dysfunction has now added to the other dysfunction. It's just a different dysfunction. Right. And so we haven't accomplished much. But I think it's fair to say, why am I reacting the way? I have responsibility for the way that I react. Mm-hmm. Can you ask Marcus for some insights on living with a spouse who really struggles? Covert narcissism seems to always assume the worst, find fault, and has an insatiable desire to control me like I'm a child. Ouch. Ouch is right. Ouch, ouch, ouch. You know, I think the question really is um, that narcissistic behavior um, is is typically, um, th- there's, there's a motivation behind that narcissistic behavior. Um, that person may want something. And I think that if we can give that person... And this is going to sound a little uh, edgy, but if we can give that narcissist, if we're living with, married to a narcissistic person, if we can give that person uh, something in the realm of what they would like and and need, um, then let's make sure that we can offer that, but with some conditions. Um, I know that uh, you uh, desire to have us build a swimming pool, and we are at odds with it, at odds with it. I don't know why I'm talking about finances today, Bill. Um, but the point, the point being is um, uh, we need to have a relationship where it's give and take. We need to have uh, ways of communicating that isn't just um, focused on you. So we need to get some help here. And, uh, and, and this is going to sound this part is going to sound ridiculous, but um, if we've if we've gone uh, to some professional counseling, if we've seen success in uh, having the uh, friction between us uh, diminish, so that we can be at peace with each other, I look forward to having that swimming pool with you. Mm, lovely. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue our discussion with Dr. Marcus Bachman about being a Christian and also being dysfunctional. All right. Um, You can go to learn more about Marcus at counselingcare.us. Again, counselingcare.us. We'll be right back. Marcus Bachman is my guest. Go to counselingcare.us to learn more about him. See his good-looking picture. 
and has extremely beautiful full head of hair. It's he's got some great great hair. It's great hair. <laughs> I'm not going to bring that up again. I'm okay, just not. Phil, Phil. What? I have functional hair. You do. You do. All right. I got time for a couple more questions, and here they are, Marcus. How do you deal with somebody who was raised in a family where emphatic arguing was a norm, usually with no resolution, and now? They are not even able to recognize that they're doing it. In fact, in an argument, they don't even know that there's a resolution that should be sought after. Mm. I have a thousand questions, but I can't ask that person. But I would just say, first of all, you need to take a look at how is that rubbed off, if in any way, on you. Because if now you uh, don't uh, deal with um, conversation discussions because you are afraid then obviously avoidance is not a good thing. If you are engaging today as an adult because your parents solve problems by raising their voice, I'd say you just need to take an awareness on that. But regarding the parents that are doing that, I think that, you know, in a lot of ways, they shouldn't have an audience. Um I, I, you know, I'm almost embarrassed to say it. My, my parents were that way for, for many years. They, they yelled and they did a lot of inappropriate conversations during dinner time. And uh, when I got married and I became a healthier person in my Christian walk, I, on our visits home, I simply said if they started that, I was not going to be in the same room. Mm. At least I would walk away. They didn't have an audience. And the fact is, they really did want to visit with me. <laughs> and so, you know, you, 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 you have a consequence, at least with me. Mm-hmm. If you're going to act, act that dysfunctional, I'm not going to stay around. I might, I might have to really leave, but at least I have a choice of going to another room or going outside or somewhere else. And if they dare to ask or if I have the guts to say it, I don't appreciate the yelling. I I lived with it my entire life. I'm not coming home to it and abiding in the same room. I am now an adult. Does that sound too too strong? No, it sounds very healthy. It sounds right. like you put up a very healthy boundary. All right. So. Got a little personal there. Sorry. No, that's okay. All right. That's okay. Uh, here's a question. I was married. This is a very sweet question. I was married for about 28 years. 28. 28 years. Divorced now for about 14. Wow. I wish to get back together with her. Oh. Any suggestions? Oh, what? yeah, what a sweet... You know, of course, you know, the wife may be shaking her head if she's listening, uh, or the ex-wife, I guess I would have to say, uh, may be shaking her head. Well, you don't know the whole story. Of course I don't know the whole story. But, you know, love... And the pursuit of love in that man's heart is, I think, going to be really key. And I think that if he's taken the steps of asking for forgiveness and saying, you know, could we have a a friendship here? Let's start somewhere. Um, And, you know, depending on the situation, um, and if he's gentle and if he has studied this woman and if he's asked, um, I really want to understand um, how in our relationship I hurt you. I want to understand um, when I say that I want forgiveness, I need to know what have I done? How I th- Here are some ways that I think I've, I've done damage, but I want to understand you. 
what an invite. What a, what a desire for healing in that that couple's relationship, mm-hmm. and it isn't it isn't rejoining as man and wife. It's rejoining as in a relationship. Then we can take the next step if that's going along well. Uh, you know, how, what, what, what do you think if we were to you know go out on a on a on a uh, a date? And, uh, you know, depending on how that goes and how that person is ready to, I mean, it's just steps, steps. Everybody mm-hmm. understands this, but it's the heart attitude condition that will, will have a opportunity for success. And the praying beforehand that says, God, open up my mind, help me to understand how have I damaged, let me ask for forgiveness, and let me have the words that are the right words that this woman would possibly open up her heart. Mm, that's a great prayer. Great approach too, because her heart has to be soft. Because you know she could be really mad and say, "If you don't know what you did, I'm not going to tell you." Well, that's right. But you know, I think again, sincerity is key here. Uh, that man probably knows a number of things, sure. But I don't know that he probably doesn't know everything. Mm-hmm. And so I think asking that question, help me out, help me understand. Because I, I I want to take responsibility. I want to man up to the things that I did and I said. And in order for me to do that, I have to know that. And you are valuable to me. You are worthy of having me understand what happened in your life. That's really nice. Well said, Marcus. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Here's an interesting interesting question. How do you express your discomfort to a coworker? who uses Jesus's name in vain. Oh, well, a little dysfunction there. I'm a straightforward person. Everybody has their own approach. Uh, And I I just say to the person, um, that causes me um, pain when you use my Lord's name in vain. And I... That kind of rhymes, too. Yeah, it does. I just realized that when I said that. I know, I yeah. know. Without trying to make it a rhymy thing, I really, I just want to express to that person that um, that's a very personal attack. I have a personal relationship with the living God, and when you swear, um, that that hurts me. I think that's probably enough to say for the person that says, "Oh, oh," because you know what? Most people when they swear, they don't think. They don't. They don't uh, particularly say, "Oh, that's going to damage my coworker." Well, the only way that they would know that if is if the coworker said something. Good point. And I think we have a responsibility to, to say something. Mm, interesting. Not to mention, so many people are n- maybe not even completely aware of how often they're doing it because they do it all the time. Yes, I was. I was really uh, uh, taken back with my I, doing some trap shooting with my pastor um, this last summer, and the guy that handed us the ammunition used the Lord's name in vain. And uh, I, <laughs> my pastor wasn't that he was he was direct, and he said, "What you're saying, and what what you're saying is using the." my Lord's name in vain. It was just quick and right to the point. I thought, you know, as a counselor, I would <laughs> say it a little <laughs> bit more gently. But I think, you know what? He said it directly. I liked it. it. It made a lot of sense. I think people need to understand in this culture especially, wait a minute, as believers, as Christians, our Lord's name is to be honored and praised, and you're using in vain. Hmm. Marcus, we just have a minute left. How do we 
approach someone about a dysfunction that we've maybe not been talking about? Obviously, you start in prayer, but then what? What's the next step you take? That we haven't been talking about? Yes. As in, okay. In a relationship, there's a dysfunction. It's being swept under the rug, and you can't live with it anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we have to find that way of... um, what 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 language? What approach? Um, you know, you have to study that person. You have to understand uh, what might uh, uh, work best in our conversation, and uh, that may again be by a, a, a written word. That may be by taking another friend, another sibling in the family. That may be choosing the right uh, setting to do that in, where it's safe. Um, but you know the the things that are are, are in darkness, and I, I I appreciate what you just said there, Bill, about you know the the uh, praying and understanding because God reveals to us. We can have all the psychological training in the world, and even a seminary training. I love the Holy Spirit revealing to us how we can approach that person in these in these situations. Mm-hmm. You're a delight, Dr. Marcus Bachman. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. All right. Barbecue sauce on sale. Got it? That's the kind you buy. (laughs) All right. I'll I'll leave it there. All right. That's all the show we have for today. Thank you so much for joining me. I've loved being with you. Thank you for all the ways in which you have asked us to pray. We will be doing that for you tonight. You are cared for. We want you to know God loves you. I love you. Thank you so much for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.